from Sports Illustrated. How much of a priority do you think the Jazz should put in resigning Ricky Rubio, or can they find a better fit at that position? I wouldn't just let Ricky Rubio walk for nothing. I think he's too talented, and he may never be the top-tier guy that we've you know, kind of hoped that his shooting would catch up to his playmaking and his defense. That just hasn't happened up until this point. So if you're the Jazz, and you can find a player that can be more of a threat from the outside and still give you what Ricky can give you, or close to it, playmaking-wise, defensively, you go pursue those types of opportunities, but I certainly don't close that door. Chris Maddox on the big show. Welcome on back, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Good selection uh, today, Gordon, for Band of the Day. The Temptations brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com. Gordon, this weekend, uh, an interview surfaces that Ricky Rubio did in Europe. And uh, one quote in particular has everybody worked up. But I see this is not a big shocker to me. And I'm curious to to get your reaction as well. But he basically said, uh, quote, Utah has let me know that I am not priority number one. Then we have to look for other options. Now, we did this in uh, in a different language, but that's the that's the rough translation there. Well, okay, uh, a couple things uh, about that. First of all is when we heard Chris talking about not closing any doors or anything, I look at it uh, from the other end of it. I think signing Ricky Rubio was a terrific move on the part of the Jazz. Trading for him, you mean? Trading for him, just getting him. Yeah. And uh, making that happen. Now, that didn't seem to matter to Gordon Hayward at all, but I think his integration into what the Jazz were trying to do was a smart idea. And with Quinn's ability to mold these guys, he he uh, he made terrific progress, and it worked for the time being. Uh, however, uh, if the Jazz told Ricky Rubio, you're not our top priority or you're not priority number one, then that tells me that they want to get better at that position. And how do you judge them telling Ricky Rubio that he's not their top priority? You judge it if they get somebody who's better than him. Or if they find an alternative. It gets back to what we talked about with uh, with Donovan Mitchell. Is he a point guard? Who, who's the point guard? Who can play that position and make the offense work? Uh, if they can make the offense work better, then you understand that that priority, uh, or at least the, the list of priorities, was, was a good one. And so I understand completely how the Jazz feel about that. And the fact that they would tell Ricky Rubio that indicates to me that they're being honest with their players, which is a positive. I'd l- I love C.J. McCollum's reaction to this on Twitter. He retweeted a, a Bleacher Report um, a story about this, and he said, nice of them to give them a heads up. Yeah. I I I actually don't think that this is all that controversial, other than it is news that the Jazz said that to him. But it, it's not a surprise. Is is Ricky Rubio, I mean, he's good, but is that not a player you can upgrade on? 
Or it could be a player you upgrade on, or it could be a position that you upgrade by addition somewhere else. Meaning, if you shift Donovan over, or any number of players to initiate the offense, which we've talked about, the Jazz have like four point guards, right? Three or four on the floor at the same time, right? right? So... If you can, if you can increase production by coming up not necessarily with a player for player type situation, but a uh, an offense comparative situation, then uh, then I think the Jazz are doing that the right way. The question is, can they? Well, I I say because if you say, are the Jazz better without Ricky Rubio, Jake, than they are with him? with no other improvement, then I would say, no, that's not true. Right. Uh, but you can get better. Let, let me put it this way, I guess. Could you use that $14.8 million to make you better? Right. And I, I think the answer is yes. So for example, Gordon Hayward was the Utah Jazz priority number one going into the offseason because they, they didn't have a better option out there than mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward. They, they didn't. They were going to pour everything they could into that option because that was absolutely their best option. Now, Ricky Rubio is an option. But is he necessarily your best option? I, I think you owe it to, to the fran- – you know, if you're Dennis Lindsay, you owe it to the franchise to explore those other options. And if it comes out that, that Ricky Rubio, the market for him, isn't exactly on fire either and the Jazz, you know, figure out that some of those other options that they thought they had aren't there and they come back together, well, I certainly could see that. Um, but if you say that Ricky Rubio is priority number one, that means that you don't have a better option out there. Right. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. And I give I give actually the franchise credit, as C.J. McCollum did, for telling him that. Being, right. Hey, we're going to be square with you. There's some other options that we're really going to go after that are going to be a priority over re-signing you. So if you have some other stuff out there, great. We wish you the best. But we want to be transparent in, in what we plan to do. And that's not... It, if you read through some other translations or further translations of this interview, it doesn't sound to me like Ricky is is spewing sour grapes. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like he's just saying, yeah, this is what they told me, so I'm pursuing all my options. And I think that's not only fair for him to do, I think it's absolutely fair and... and uh, uh, there's some integrity there for the Jazz to be honest with him. It would be worse to dangle him along and then, you know, say, yeah, sure, we'll give you a call June 30 at 6 o'clock. Don't be on the phone. Yeah. So you and I and CJ agree. I, I think we do. And so some people thought that Ricky was was throwing shade the Jazz way. I don't think that's the case. No, I, I, I don't either. However, Ricky does – he this game is personal to him. We've seen that in some of his comments in the past. He relishes that, okay, we're all together thing. And this kind of ruptures that a little bit. Rupture might be a strong word, but I think it nicks it. Don't you? I do. It dings it a little bit. So, you know, but it's basketball's a business, and we've heard Ricky say that as well. So we'll see what happens from here. But it is a positive that the Jazz are thinking they can upgrade. That's their goal. That's what they want to do. So jazz fans, take this as a positive sign, just like you were saying. The jazz want to get better. Or they're, they're going to take a crack they, at it. Yeah, yeah, they're going to do what they can to make that happen. So, and, and any player who thinks that he's indispensable, well, you better be a superstar. And even then, sometimes you're not. So that, that's, uh, this is responsible, responsibility being demonstrated on all sides. I agree. And it'd be interesting 
to see what Ricky says maybe about this when he signs somewhere else or if he does come back to the Jazz, if he kind of um, expands on his thoughts on this or the, the process if it ever comes out. But I, I, I think that Ricky will probably have some options out there and he's probably going to explore them. He's probably going to take a should. look at them. As he absolutely should. Yeah, that's uh, that's what he goes. I know there are a lot of Jazz fans who really do get connected to these players. And what did Ricky Rubio do that would somehow create a disconnection? Nothing. Well, he didn't get better shooting the ball. Well, I mean, but I'm talking about everything other than the basketball that oh, was certainly. taking place. He embraced the community. He went to Southern Utah on vacation. Remember that? Yep, I do. He he uh, he talked in tones that were team oriented, like this is something that's happened together. We who can forget the hug between him and uh, Ricky and, uh, and Quinn last year? Remember that? toward the end of the year when the Jazz clinched, I think it was, and Ricky came off the court, and there was that moment in time, and he just said, okay, this is cool. This is cool. When a coach shows a certain amount of confidence in a player, and then uh, the player rewards him with uh, improvement and with solid play. That's what that moment told me. And so, yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't think anybody would would hate having Ricky Rubio be back on their team. Uh, the only negative to that would be it might mean that the Jazz were incapable of uh, improving the way they wanted. And I think he probably wants to start somewhere. And as a starting point guard for the Utah Jazz, they've gone about as far as they can go with him. I wonder In what, his current role. Here's a question. What are they going to do? What are they going to do to make Ricky Rubio expendable? What is the move that is yet to come? I mean, some people might look at just the, the straight-up stuff and think, okay, they're going to go after Mike Conley. Or they're going to go after Kemba Walker. Or they're gonna, but I don't know if that's the way it's going to work. Or even if that's where the effort is going to go. Because there is that, that thought that maybe they have other players who can initiate the offense and they can improve in the shooting department, say, and not necessarily concurrently at the same position. Yeah, the spacing needs to be their number one priority. They need somebody that's going to help space the floor. Do you? I forget. Uh, you and I have talked about this in the past, but as your opinion changed, do you think that Donovan Mitchell should or could play point guard? I think he could. I think he should? It Maybe depends. It, it, it might depends be, on what they're able to get. Well, and it might be a little early for him in his career. I mean, I, I look at the playoffs going on now, especially with Toronto, and, and who's got the who's got the ball for Toronto in the most crucial times? Kawhi? For Philly, when Philly was uh, was playing still in the playoffs in fourth quarter, you know, Ben Simmons may have the label point guard, but who had the ball? Jimmy. Right. So I, I think there's a little bit of that with the Jazz where eventually we're going to be having the same conversation when it mattered the most who had the ball, Donovan. But if he's there yet or not, I think you could argue that because I think he does have some improvements to ma- be made on decision-making and playmaking and those sorts of things. He's well, got to get better. Like you said, the whole Donovan thing, that happened all year long in the fourth quarter. Yep. I mean, who had the ball? Donovan. So does that role expand? You know, I I think – but on the other hand, if they bring in somebody like Mike Conley, who's a ball-dominant guy, you know, that's going to give Donovan Mitchell a, a break on that for a lot – for a while anyway. It's clear to me that the Jazz think whoever's playing that position needs to be able to shoot. Yep. Well, you got to respect them. If they're going to run that much pick and roll – 
you got to have a point guard that commands respect. I mean, we talked about this a bunch. I think Quinn Snyder's offense was at its best in his run with the Jazz when he had George Hill playing the point guard, and George Hill was healthy and effective. And he was averaging 24-some points in the first half of that season. He was absolutely lights out before he got hurt. And it's because you had to respect him. You, you couldn't just go under picks and do those sorts of things. You had to, you had to be aware of him pulling up and shooting. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Or Dennis Lindsay. Um, Gordon, I know we don't talk a lot of boxing on this show, and I know that boxing is not nearly as mainstream as it uh, as used, it to, used be. to be mm-hmm. you know, a couple of generations ago. But over the weekend... I had a speed bag when I was a kid. Did you know that? Did I ever tell you that? How Jake, was it Jake that? were you about to tell a story that wasn't about Gordon? Was, how dare you? I was about to get into what how happened over the weekend, you, and now all of a sudden we're into Gordon's speed That's tag. a good Go story. Ahead. I don't think I we can top it. We sure, didn't even get into I'm, what I'm happened. I'm sure whatever the story is, I'm sure I can't top it. We didn't right? even mention... Who's in the news? All right. But you said it wasn't about him. Please, Gordon, no, go you ahead. Said, you had a speed bag as a kid. You said boxing isn't what it once was. And I, yes, it once I'm was. I'm Gordon Moss. <laughs> no, I'm just an example of many out there. Hope like, with your story that's not about me. Of my generation who liked boxing. That's all that is. It's a representation. It's not, hey, everybody, look at me. Some fat thought, guy. Uh, some fat guy won a match over the weekend. We'll have. Uh, we'll get back to basketball oh, over uh, over the weekend. Is he alive still? <laughs> Who was it? I want to know. Tell me now. Anthony Ruiz Jr. Gordon beat Anthony Joshua on a seventh round TKO. But uh, if, and he's kind of soft and kind of. Have you flabby. seen? Have you seen pictures of the guy? No. No? I probably have. I just he looks I, like the before picture. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's a little softer around the middle. Look at the guy he took out, man. He's, yeah, the the guy he took out is an Adonis. So fat guys <laughs> rejoice. No, but the great part is and and I believe he was a sixteen to one underdog. Oh, cool. And he was not even the one that was supposed to have the title fight. He was in fact, I think, their third choice oh, because really? of an injury and so this is a Rocky story. So yes, exactly what this is. The is old coffin link. They, and he had only lost once before this this bout, but apparently Apparently he had the reputation of just fighting a bunch of, of, uh, of uh, what do they call them, uh, tin cans or whatever. They have a bunch <laughs> no, of. No, it's not tin cans. It's something else. Tin cups. No, it's not tin cups. Tomato cans. Isn't that what it is? Something like that. Yeah. And uh, he gets in there, and everybody kind of laughs because you see him, and he looks, he looks Jiggly. like, he looks more like a bowler <laughs> than he does uh, a heavyweight like bowler. Fo- uh, bowler. Oh, oh. You know, Gary Clark. <laughs> Pro bowler. I knew. Maybe oh. I should have gone to a different fat guy sport than bowling. A bowl full of jelly. What's his name again? Anthony Ruiz Jr. I bet Anthony had a speed bag when he was a kid. You ought to see Senior. If that's Junior. Seriously. But if you <laughs> listen to his uh, his interviews after the fight, uh-huh. I mean, he seems like this really... Down-to-earth uh, Down-to-earth dude. Good. He's the first Mexican-born... Uh, heavyweight champion, which you know uh, how big boxing actually is yeah. in in that community, mm-hmm. and they usually have the kind of lower uh, weight classes covered, but never had a heavyweight champion. It's a big deal. He talked about how his family doesn't have to struggle anymore, and things are going to change. Cool. I mean, this was just one of those amazing, eventually going to be made into a movie type stories, and uh, I, I felt uh, worthy, or I, I felt felt like we should mention it. And his name one more time. Anthony Ruiz, or excuse me, 
Andy Ruiz Jr. Have I been saying Anthony? I'm having a tough day. Andy Andy Ru- Ruiz Jr. Good for Andy. Anyway, giving hope to the fat guys out there. We could get it done. We can overcome. We don't need to exercise. We could be heavyweight champions of the world. Do you think women uh, want us to look like that Adonis fella, or would they prefer that we just uh, show a little, you know, prosperity in our phys- physiques? What? What does it matter? Yeah, that's what I'm just saying. I was taught to not show my prosperity <laughs> until the right one came along. So. <laughs> I'm saying, why How is that this- work out for you? Great. We have posterity now because of my prosperity. <laughs> what is the, what is your what I'm just why did why does this your, come your, up in your, your mind? Your prop? <laughs> uh, HR. <laughs> what would Lisa prefer? Uh that's a good question. <laughs> maybe I should ask. Lisa's pet name for me is Bowler. <laughs> I think maybe uh what if she says I like the Adonis look? Then I'm gonna have to hit the gym a little heavier, I think, right? I don't know. That's why I asked you the question. I'm comfortable turning into a fat guy. Does your does your wife love you even if though you're turning into a fat guy? I or hope you, so. Do you feel insecure about the way you're you're going into this sort of uh, shape of a bowling pen? Uh, wow, that was mean. Uh, aren't we all? And frankly, I like fat people. I do. I have a lot of fat friends. I'm not really insecure about much, to be honest. Really? Oh, that's one of your charms. Pretty happy with who I am. Yeah. See. Give us ten minutes. I don't. We'll I don't need that. you shaming me about bowling pin figures. That doesn't. That doesn't work on me, Gordon. Well, it's it's all of us. Come on, I'm joking around. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Jake. It sounded you, pretty Jake, hurtful to me. Did, did Jake look like a bowling pin? Austin? I'm not answering that question. <laughs> See? You were the one that said it. You answered the question. You are. Well, I only said it because you said that you're letting yourself go a little bit. Uh, Devin on Twitter, Austin, by the way, says, Ken won 78 shows and just over $2.5 million. Ah, that's a lot. Yeah. He did more winning. He just, and he ended up with more money, apparently. But that just, was the headline I read, was that... Spoiler alert, Holzhauer, who has now admitted that he loses tonight, did not win as much money as Ken Jennings. So, did we, did we spoil it for everybody? He did earlier, so we shouldn't have. If, if you have a phone or a computer, I think you knew the answer to that one. All right. Well, well Gordon has both. He didn't. I'm not That's true. Too sorry for him. I was impressed by that guy. He was really, really smart. All right. Isn't he like a sports better or something? I think he had a speed bag as a kid. <laughs> Didn't even get to the story. See, there Gordon's were a lot already of us. hijacking Who it. Who had a speed I had bag a speed as a bag. kid? I mean, <laughs> I'm not talking about a bag of speed. I'm talking about who had a speed bag. Jeez, was that a meth joke? <laughs> and I played eight ball, but I'm not talking about an eight ball. Wow. Gordon's back, everyone. We'll have more next. Stay tuned. Uh, I apologize. We're all dumb and for, dumber for having heard this, right? 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. <laughs>